Okay, so I uh, I, I want to start a new series on uh, on Masechet Sanhedrin, and specifically, uh, at least at least in the initial stage, to uh, to draw from from Rav Reuven Margolius's uh, Margaliel Tayam a little bit about about who he was and and his contribution to to uh, Torah scholarship. Uh, he was a unique, unique, unique uh, individual in terms of of his his uh, Torah scholarship. It, it, uh, somebody who was um, uh, writing a biography suggested perhaps he was he was one of the greatest bekim of the door, maybe one of the one of the most fluent in and and widely uh, uh, um, widely read. And and uh, uh, a knowledge and a breadth in, in all areas of Torah, which is uh, which is almost incomparable. I was just looking through a list; he has about seventy-eight books that he that he published, and and they include uh, uh, cross references from the Zohar, uh, cross references from the Zohar to the uh, to the uh, Gemaras. Uh, they include uh, biographies of of, uh, of great uh, Torah sages. They include uh, Jewish thought, uh, scholarship, um, um, much of it that would be would be classified as academic scholarship. And uh, he was the librarian of the Rambam Library uh, in in Tel Aviv. I think when he was in Europe, he had a bookstore. And then he was uh, he was uh, he was a librarian, a very 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 unique person. Um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> Ariel, a man after your own heart. Uh, so so I'm and and what I'm doing is is I'm not totally randomly, but I'm pulling out some of his essays that appear in his commentary on on. Uh, on Sanhedrin, uh, I'm learning Sanhedrin personally, and I'm drawing from from uh, uh, a number of different sources. But I want to I want to uh, I want to draw from his his say from Margolios Ayam first, um, which uh, which is right here. Now, um, here's the piece for today. I'll be I'll be sharing it right now. Uh, just a moment. Oh, there we are. Here we are. Now, it's it's a tiny a, a, a quarter of a of a, a half column on a on on one page of a uh, of a uh, two hundred twelve two volume book. Uh, yeah, about a four hundred page book. Um, but uh, you, you'll get a sense of how of, of how he how he writes, and uh, and he develops a, a very interesting theme. Now, um, uh, 
the the Gemara there in Sanhedrin um, uh, discusses uh, this is discusses Kohanim, and uh, he writes as follows: Viuen b'sefer lekach tov meagon Rav Yosef Engel klal vav. If you look in the sefer lekach tov of Rav Yosef Engel. Um, uh, the, let me just pull out my Gemara Sanhedrin for a moment. I'll be right back. Yeah, here we are. Um yeah, yeah. The uh the the comment is about a a, a bas coin. And uh the bas coin gets a special death penalty. Uh uh by fire, which is which is special, and um, the conclusion is that the uh, what she did was was uh, was adultery. But um, the Gemara has the suggestion because it says that he desecrates. So so the Gemara says. Um, Maybe she would get this this uh, this onish for this 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 uh, punishment by fire. Um, it's not exactly fire; they put they put molten lead in. Um, but even if she desecrated Shabbos, the Gemara says if she desecrated Shabbos, so, so the Torah tells you that there's a skila punishment for that. Again, anytime we talk about a punishment, we're talking about where she was forewarned by two kosher witnesses. The two kosher witnesses uh, 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 said, if you do this, you're going to get the death penalty. And the transgressor says, Afalpike, never, nevertheless, even though I will get the death, death penalty, I'm doing it anyway. So we verify that it is really uh, uh, maliciously done, meaning he's doing it to, he knows exactly what's in for him and he's and he's uh, uh, doing a brazen, brazen act. And then it goes through the whole, um, uh, the whole rigmarole, the whole uh, uh, process of, of, uh, of dealing with a, um, with a with a with a court case, which involves a lot of cross examination, and it's not simple to get through to the end of that uh, situation, get a death penalty. In fact, the Gemara, as we as is is often quoted, the Gemara says that a, a court which give gave out the death death penalty more than once in seven years, and another opinion says once in seventy years, uh, was 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 called a bloody basting. But. Nevertheless, uh, in the sugyas and the Gemaras, you discuss about the death penalties left and right. So, so the Gemara says, "Wait a second! Somebody who's somebody who transgresses Shabbos gets skila, the stoning punishment." So the Gemara says, "Amar Rava, Hamani Rabbi Shimon, he this the author of this this uh, uh, 
this brisa that suggests that perhaps the bas going gets Srefa for Hillel Shabbos is Rabbi Shimon, the Amar Srefa Chamura, who holds that Srefa is a more stringent punishment than Skila. In other words, that in the hierarchy of death penalties, Srefa is, is more severe than, than uh, Skila. And Salka Daitakamina, we thought, because, because the Almighty, the All Merciful One, has was very stringent about Kohanim and gave them a lot of mitzvahs, Tidon Bisrefa, that she would get Srefa, she would get um, the Srefa punishment for Chilul Shabbos. In other words, she would get a more severe, again, according to Rabbi Shimon, a more severe punishment for the exact same Avera. Why? Because she's a Kohen, she's from a family of Kohanim, she's a Bas Kohen, and, a, and Kohanim have a lot of mitzvahs, and they comment, even, even a, a woman Kohen would have a lot of mitzvahs because, because she's involved with, with, uh, with eating truma and the like, uh, eating korbanos and the like, and so uh, there's a lot of mitzvahs that Kohanim have, and, and therefore uh, she would get a more stringent punishment for the exact same Avera. Now, Rav, Rav Yosef Engel, uh, in his in his Lekach Tov, um, so so here, let me put on the the uh, spotlight. Rav Yosef Engel in his Lekach Tov proves from here the kedusha sakahuna mispashetas al mitzvahs that the sanctity of kahuna, the fact that that she's a kohen, it applies to all the mitzvahs. It's not a. It's not specifically a coin mitzvah. We're not talking a mitzvah. We're not talking about uh, truma, or or coming into contact with the dead, or 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 one of those things, or doing a vote in the base of It's Shabbos that is a that is a pan Jewish mitzvah, and yet. Um, and the coin is obligated in this mitzvah just because he's Jewish. Nevertheless, we would have thought and we would have thought that the transgression, the Shabbos transgression of a Kohen is, is more severe than the Shabbos transgression of a, of a normal Israelite. This is the theme that he wants to develop in this piece, that greater Kedusha has its effects on even normal mitzvahs and averas. And he begins with Kohanim, and, and he brings other, other proofs. For instance, uh, the Gemara has a, uh, now the Gemara, the, there's, a, there's a din, also this is an, a, a din in the, on the books that is not applicable nowadays, but there's a din of an Evedivri, uh, a Hebrew slave. The Hebrew servant, slave, um, the way he was to be treated, so you'd certainly call him a servant. So uh, the Gemara said there, there's one, there's only one din where a a uh, an evidivri is different than a normal worker, and that is again besides his his term of work, but but uh, his master can has the has the option to give him a shivcha kananis. Uh, a a gentile maidservant as a uh, a wife or semi-wife and the children are 
are servants of the master. So the Gemara says, uh, the Gemara has an Ibaya, the Gemara asks whether this also applies to an Everett who's a coin. And the Gemara says, Maybe Kohanim are special because they have a lot of mitzvahs. In other words, the Gemara has a suggestion that a, a law which applies to all Israelites, the law of the Eved Ivri, uh, should be different. Kohanim, Kohanim should be different because the sanctity of Kahuna would prevent a Kohen uh, having having relations with the Shivcha Kananis, even though it's it's uh, uh, it's something that should apply to to uh, to Jews in general. Um, now, he quotes a source in Yuvamos that perhaps the transgression against uh, shaving off the peos hazakon, the, uh, uh, the, the, the corners of the beard uh, with, a, with a razor uh, would have special severity for Kohen, Kohanim. Um, and there's a, there's a source in Tamura, Daftalid, where from Arashi suggests that perhaps even a a transgression that a normal Israelite would not get uh, would not be subject to the punishment of of uh, of uh, makosan alava nita klase. If there's a negative transgression where the Torah also gives you a positive, uh, where you would be able to uh, uh, to correct it. For for instance, uh, theft, which you could correct by returning the theft. So that's considered a lava nita classe, and it doesn't have makus. It doesn't have the the lashes punishment along with it. So the so the so the Gemara um, so Rashi suggests that perhaps um, Kohanim would get makus. Rashi suggests based based on the says that the Gemara is suggesting that uh, Kohanim are special, that they would get a mak they would get a, a makos even on a lavanita klase even a negative transgression, which the Torah gives you a positive a positive mitzvah in order to correct it, they would still get makos. Why mipat kedusha somehow you say because of their excessive kedusha their their uh, excessive not too much but their high level kedusha. Um, and again, even though it is not a transgression that is specifically connected with Kohanim, Rak Lav De Alma, it's a normal Lav, Kimo Lo Yuchal Shal Yamav, which was which is something that applies to all Jews. The um there's a there's a half there's a, a line in the Haftorah which was uh which was uh, actually one of the difficulties that was raised with the Book of Yechezkel. Um Book of Yechezkel, uh So the Gemara says that uh, one of the one of the uh, uh, early uh, sages. I don't even know if it would be classified as a Tana, but one of the early sages. So he went through the Book of of 
of, uh, of Yechezkel, and he looked through all the things that seemed to be contradictory to the Chumash, and he was able to, to see how, how the book of Yechezkel doesn't, uh, is not against, against the Chumash. Uh, the understanding was that the book of, a book of, a book of uh, Tanakh, uh, in order to be accepted as part of the canon of the Torah Shabbat Shabbat so it must be uh, consistent. A prophet, uh, a prophet, uh, a prophet, uh, as the Rambam so uh, 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 describes in his in his. Um, uh, discussion of the of the principles of faith that a prophet uh uh no prophet is able to um to go against the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu and so it can't be that if somebody is a true prophet he's going to say something that goes against Moshe's prophecy so there's a line in the book of Yechezkel that says um any akoni that an trefa the koni don't eat an and trefa so the so the difficulty with that is is wait a second a nevela and trefa, no no Jews are able to eat nevelas and trefas. So how is it possible that the book of Yecheskel leaves it open for to make a leaves writes a sentence has a sentence that 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 is open to an inference that goes against the halacha, the the halacha meaning the the, the prophecy of Moshe the Torah the five books of Moses. So, so um, in the question is how Yisrael achlo, the the Jews, a normal Israelite is able to eat it. So he says, Rabbi Yonas and Ibishitz suggests the following. So uh, the Ramam Paskins that in in war, he suggests, according to the Rambam's psak, that in war, uh, a a a an Israelite would be able to, in wartime, eat non-kosher food in a nevela, that that would not apply to a Kohen in war. And uh, similar to the way uh, that a a fastor which is the beautiful captive woman, would not be permitted to the coin. That's what Ravionis and Ibis should suggest as, as a way of, uh, of, of, of resolving that verse uh, as, an, as a possible alternate way. That's in his commentary on Chumash. Um, now, this is all uh, these one, two, three, four, five points. Um, number one, that perhaps the Baskoin would get Srefa for Chilul Shabbos. Number two, that an Everett Ivory Kohen uh, might uh, not be able to get a Shivcha Kananis. Number three, that Pas Zikanam Loi Galechu of a Kohen uh, would be especially stringent. Number four, that a coin would get Malchus on a lavanita glace. And number five, that a coin would not be permitted in wartime to eat an avela 
And that's that might be the meaning of the poem. They won't be they will they will never be able to eat an avelo and trefa. Uh, of course, uh, it's a prohibition that applies to all of Israel, all of Israel. But there's a permissibility in a rare case in wartime uh, for Israel, but not for a coin. Okay, those five points are all illustrating that the kedushas kahuna of a coin applies not only to his special mitzvahs, but it applies to every mitzvah that he does. In other words, we're, we're viewing all these sources are suggesting that a coin's, at least Averas here, meaning because we're speaking about Chilul Shabbos, uh, the Shifcha Kananis, Peasa Zakan, Alava Nitak and Nevela. So they're all negative, they're all transgressions. It's suggesting that the the even even normal transgressions of a kohen because of his kedusha are more severe. Again, this the just to to add a a word perhaps of of uh, of uh, of theory, perhaps he's suggesting that along with every avera that a kohen would do, so so you. Along with every avera that a, that a Yisrael does, there's something that is that that he's he's uh, he's mechalalus kedusha. He has a certain special quality called kedusha Yisrael. And uh, the midrash says on the beginning of Parshas Kedoshim, Kedoshim tiu ki kedosh ani Hashem lokechem, that there's a special kedusha that a Jew has, which is reflected in the in the chiv of six hundred thirteen mitzvahs. Every every human being has seven mitzvahs, and Jews have special kedusha. They have they have six hundred thirteen mitzvahs, and could, can Kohanim have have the Jew has Jew has six thirteen minus the ones that are just for Kohanim. And Kohanim have more mitzvahs than a, than an Israelite, so so the suggested is that that just like a Jew, if he does an does an avera, besides going against God's will, he's also mechalalus kedusha. A Kohen is also mechalalus kedusha. It does something to which which is out of sync with the with the with the special spiritual nature of the Kohen, which. Which which makes his avera more more severe, and he suggests that this is similar to something that the Primagodim says. Uh, okay, Yosef to Umim was uh, wrote a sefer called uh, called Primagodim, and he wrote a a, a number of svarim. It was extremely um, uh, prolific, but his book on halacha called Primagodim, his commentaries on the on the um, on the Shulchan Aruch. Um, are are not just classics. That's not a, it's 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 part of the. They became part of the corpus of 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 uh, practical halacha, the way the Muggin of Rum and the Taz themselves were. So um, the. Uh, So he writes, a, a, a sefer of the primogonim that I just discovered through this source. If I'm not mistaken, it's either Vav or Ched. It was one off, this, this quote. Uh, 
So he suggests that perhaps um, an Avera done on Shabbos, not a Shabbos Avera, uh, a normal Avera, is more severe than if it was done on the weekday. So he suggests two different reasons. Number one, um, a, uh, a, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give him in the opposite order that he gave them. One is that every person has a neshama yasera. Every person has a special, some special, uh, what, like in, in modern talk, we'd say a special spiritual energy on Shabbos. In the Lushan of our sources, he has a, an extra neshama on Shabbos. So, so then if he, if he, uh, despite that special uh, neshama, so he does a, a normal avera, let's say he talks Lashon Haran Shabbos. So God forbid, so Lashon Haran Shabbos has more stringency than than on a weekday. That's a suggestion. Uh, he has a second thing. The, we're, told, we're told that the, the fires of Ganem are, uh, it's more of a, 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 a again, it's a, um, graphic spiritual talk. We'll talk that way. That the fires of Gehenna on Shabbos are are off, are are subdued, and so when a person does an avera, so it's like he's he's turning on the fires that aren't on. So it's a special. Uh, he's he's if if in our language we would say he's creating negative spiritual energy in a in a time when when it's when it's not around. It would be like uh, like uh, like somebody uh, uh, having a temper tantrum at a wedding. Something like that, and I'm just coming up with a with a muscle. Um The now uh, here you see Rev, Rev Margolius's uh, uh, grasp of of all these sources. I mean, he's this this piece in the Lekach Tov, and then and then these uh, these Gemaras in these different places, and Rashi here, and the Avas Yonason, and the Sefer Matan Shlorn Shemitzos, and now. Moshe Cordovero has a book about angels. And in that book about angels, in Drisha Hey, he says that a mitzvah that is done on Shabbos is, is more elevated than a mitzvah on, on the weekdays. So by the way, this is the first time we're seeing in this piece where, where he speaks not about averas, but about mitzvahs. That if a person does a mitzvah on Shabbos, that mitzvah is more elevated. So, so let's say somebody, instead of talking lashon hara, he he uh, he learns Torah, or he or he speaks divrei chesed. He's he uh, uh, um, the Rambam talks about ve'avdel speaking positively about a person. Uh, I have to do it in a way that it doesn't arise arouse lashon hara, but uh, speaking positive uh, or. Uh, or whatever mitzvah a person does, a chesed that a person does on Shabbos is is of a of a higher caliber caliber than than on the weekday. Um, this is this is really an idea that appears in the in the Gemara. The Gemara says uh, that the korban tumid on Shabbos has sanctity, has a special sanctity. Like the korban musaf on Shabbos, even though the korban tumid is a weekday, is a is a korban that is brought every day, but Shabbos's korban tumid is different than the korban tumid of the weekday. And and um, a, another Gemara says uh, something similar. Um, we'll just skip the next source and go to the third source. Tzibur she'ein lohem t'midim u'musafin. 
Ezemem Kodem, Tmidim de la Machar, Umusafin da Idna, Tmidim Adifish again Tadar, Odilma Musafin Adifi de Havaluhum Kudush, Kavan the Musafin Hain, Korban Shabbos, Havim Kudush, you'll serve me Tmidim de la Machar, the Havayom Kol. Let's say you have a, a, a tragic decision you have to make between a, a Korban Tamid of a, a Korban Musaf of Shabbos and a Korban Tamid of the, of the following weekday. So in general, in the rules of what takes precedent over what, so tadir is something that is, is frequent. That is a, a tadir v'sheinu tadir tadir kodum. So our rule is that, is that something uh, which is uh, frequent has a special precedence over other things, uh, as opposed to, and, and, and the, the Gemara's question is, um, perhaps Musaf should be greater. Why? Because it's Mikudash. So why? Because Musaf is a Shabbos korban. So so uh, so Musaf, which is a Shabbos korban, is certainly more uh, has a higher level of sanctity uh, than uh, than a weekday korban. So um, in the middle, he. He um the middle I I there's a Sugin Menachos which talks about doing something uh which talks about minimizing your your problems in the world of Carbonos. In other words, what happens if something goes wrong in the world of Carbonos? Uh something was done improperly. So so uh, when do you do something in order to salvage a korban from from getting messed up? Again, I'm I'm um, I worked with somebody. Somebody next to me was was a uh, was was learning menachos, and he was helping me out with this sugi a little bit. The Gemara says, do something so to speak wrong with korbanos in order that you should be able to. Uh, merit something with the Shabbos korbanos. But we don't say the same thing about about um, about the weekday. Okay, that's about Shabbos. Now, um, the so we find by the kedusha of people kohanim that their kedusha affects even the normal things they do. We found about the kedusha of time that its kedusha affects even the normal things the, that that are done on Shabbos, and finally the same thing he says applies to the kedusha of place. That a mitzvah done in the land of Israel is uh, superior, elevated. Uh, more than the same mitzvah if it was done on the weekday. Ayin Zohar Shemos Yud Aleph Amud Beis Umenitzutze Zohar Sham Osches Umasha Kasavnu Besefer Shari Zohar Ksuvas Kuf Yud Amud Beis. These are cross references to his own his own svarim. And let me let me uh, I pulled out the the uh, the piece from um, from his sefer on. Uh, Here it is. 
um, his two svarim. Let me pull out the other one also. There we are. Okay. Um, yeah. Here's here's his edition of the Zohar. He put out an edition of the Zohar with cross references. And uh, and the Zohar has drushas on on Moshe Rabbeinu being put in the in the in the bulrushes, and uh, the whole story takes on grander dimensions than you would have thought. And um, it says on the words. Uh, the that the the little container that that the the little uh teva that Moshe Rabbeinu was put on the Nile, so it was covered in the beginning and the end, and beginning in the inside and the outside. So Rabbi Yehuda says this is the this is the Torah, which it says Bachemer, uh, So uh. HaKadosh Baruch was Hechmira HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mitzvah God was Machmir. He, he was stringent and commanded positive and negative mitzvahs. And, and she put the child, which in the Pshat is Moshe Rabbeinu, Elu Yisrael. This is, this is the people of Israel. Kinar Yisrael that Israel is referred to as a as a as a youth as a child, so the the Yocheved putting Moshe into the teva that is covered on the inside and the outside is Am Yisrael being given the Torah, which includes mitzvahs aze and mitzvahs losase, batasim basuf, and it was placed in the suf. The lo havet pikuri deraisa chumrulamevad. So the basuf, it's only at the very end, meaning that the the Torah wasn't in its full stringency. Maybe I'm using uh, uh, a poetic license here on these words. The words of the the commands of the Torah weren't stringent to do. Ad sof until the end, the Alu Yisrael Arela so far until the Israelites were forty years later went into the land of Israel, and he writes similar in his this is his Nitzutze Zohar, which is are his his references his cross references. Ayin Zohar Chadash Mashakamas Chumras Mitzvahs Enukim Beretz Yisrael that the stringency of mitzvahs is only in the land of Israel, like it says in Yisro. Mitzvahs that are done on Shabbos, they have an extra Kedusha. In other words, the same thing, what it says about the land of Israel is similar on Shabbos. Um, and then he quotes uh, the well-known Sifri that was quoted by the Ramban, 
I and 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 I think Rashi also quotes it. Uh, even though I'm I'm exiling you from the land until the land until into to outside of the land, make sure that you are uh, uh, singling yourself out or being uh, uh, acting in a way that the mitzvahs typify you. When you re- when you come back, they shouldn't be new to you. That's what 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 Yirmiyahu says. Make for yourself tziyunim, like or place markers. In other words, uh, do do mitzvahs in chutzarts in a way that they will uh, they will prime you for the mitzvahs in Eretz Yisrael. Now, now, obviously, the mitzvahs in chutzarts are are hundred percent key of doraisa. However, that's it's referring that's in 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 context it's referring to this special dimension of the mitzvahs that doesn't exist in in uh in chutzlarts that exists in eretz Yisrael. <laughs> excuse me um just he has a long piece in the end of in the end of ksubos so there's a sugi about that's where the sugi is about about living in the land of israel are and he has a long piece and he includes this whole mahalak this whole discussion of the special nature of mitzvahs in the land of Israel, and he cross-references his own work here in the Sifre, uh, etc., and he quotes the Ramban also, and uh, and then he refers to his piece in Margolia Sayam that the same thing applies to Kohanim and the same thing applies to to uh, Shabbos, and there's even a source that an Avera on Pesach is is uh, is. Uh, more stringent and and has more uh, negative effect than an avera on on another day. So, um, anyways, that's that's the uh, that's the piece by Rav Rav um, or Reuben Margolius uh, and uh, his his breadth of sources and his being able to integrate them is very very. Uh, um very um uh, typical of of his works um that's the theme the um uh tov uh the next topic i want to deal deal with is the topic of of teaching the torah to gentiles uh which has a lot of practical of practical uh uh sides to it uh again it won't be the we will we'll do it from the Sefer of Magolius Hayam because it's a sugya that appears in Sanhedrin in the sugya of the of the um talks about the seven mitzvahs Bene Noach are in are in uh are in uh in uh, Sanhedrin. Uh and uh you know, you have an obvious issue that a that a convert needs to know uh the mitzvahs before he converts. And uh and uh a Noahide. Uh, every every word, every person in the world needs to know the seven mitzvahs. B'nai Noach needs to know the the seven Noahide laws. Uh, we also have sources like the the Torah was translated into 70, 70 languages uh, at the entrance of the land of Israel. So there there's some uh, there's some very interesting source material on this particular uh, issue. And then well, and he discusses the scope of this this uh, discussion in the Gemara about about teaching Torah to non-Jews. So God willing, that'll be our that'll be our next topic. And we will end here.